This is the Joe Pags Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Judge Janine Pirro has a new book out. You're going to love the content of the book. We talk a lot about Alvin Bragg. We talk about that case in the, on the subway in New York. We talk about Letitia James. We talk about the future of America, why the left is doing why it's doing. That'll be at the bottom of this hour. So in about 25, 30 minutes, make sure you're around for that. We'll have Judge Janine, also the college fix next hour. We're going to talk about reparations. We've got Cori Bush out here pushing. She's a, um, a Missouri member of Congress, member of the House of Representatives. And she's rich. She's black, acts like she's intersectional acts like she's somehow oppressed, and she's living better than most of us. In fact, I believe she's the representative that paid somebody tens of thousands of dollars for personal security and then married the guy. Uh, And she paid him, like, I believe, in some sort of financing or funding that wasn't supposed to go to her married, to her husband. So, yeah, here's somebody who's out there complaining, much like BLM, much like Al Sharpton, they're living high in the hog, way higher than most of us. They're certainly not oppressed. There's no systemic racism holding them down, yet she's always complaining. She wants reparations now for black people in America. So we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. I definitely want your thoughts on reparations. We haven't talked about this too much, a little bit, but it keeps on coming back around. In fact, we've got a soundbite from a guy from Florida who thinks that he, some for some reason, deserves $3 million and that every black American deserves $3 million on a Thursday. Feeling all right. Uh-huh. Chocolate Voice is off. Polo's here. Sam making it happen. Seems I got to have a change of scene. Feeling all right because it's Every Thursday. Night I have Downhill of the weekend. Strangest dream. Come on now. Imprisoned by the way. Now, if it's nice weather, Could have been don't do it if it's raining. Roll the window down. Left here on crank my the own song up low. and sing along. So it's feeling all right, not feeling too good myself. Those, those are the words. Let's go. Before I start to scream, won't oh, someone lock the door and took the key? You're feeling all right. Give me a third, give me a third higher. Yes, sir. You're feeling all right. Uh-huh. I'm not feeling too good myself. I enjoy the music. And if you don't enjoy me singing, that's on you. I'm still going to keep doing it. Uh, glad to have you along for the ride. So let's talk about uh, reparations. Let's Let's really get into this. Because the call for reparations is louder now than it's ever been. I believe that it's ever been. Now, keep in mind, I bring this up all the time. As a TV news anchor in Lansing, Michigan, back in the mid-late 90s, I would sit down with college professors, happen to be black, and we'd have a great discussion on a show I, I did called On Point. And they never made the case to me. And I would, also, I would always ask a very simple question. What about those who were selling their own family members, tribe mates, and making a profit. What about them? They weren't white people. They were black African tribal leaders, and they were in the slave trade. In fact, we know they were very upset when the slave trade stopped because their money flow stopped. They had no qualms about selling their own people. We never, ever, ever, never say, what about them? 
Now, the way that it's been sold to the American young people anyway is that evil white people went to Africa and stole a bunch of people. Didn't happen. It was an actual commodity trade. It was sick. It was horrible. The product was human beings. I don't, I don't like it. But that's what it was. And it had been going on for tens of thousands of years in humanity. Way before America was ever thought about. Yet there's this major push now, I guess with Biden in office, that we have to do reparations. Remember, in San Francisco, they're going to do reparations, $5 million a person, and all of a sudden, somebody asks for $200 million a person, and Gavin Newsom says, you know, reparations don't have to be monetary. Even though he acted like he was for it, hair gel decided he wasn't for it. So, where are we? Why are we in this position today in the United States of America where the loudest people on the left are, are continuing to push for reparations? There's a bill that Cori Bush wants to put, put forth for $14 trillion. Now, keep in mind, our debt is 31 or $32 trillion, and this administration keeps on adding to it. The previous administration added to it, too. shouldn't have, but did. And we need to start paying that down. We can't continue to live under this kind of debt. Well, that would make it $45 billion, or a trillion, $46 trillion. Try to write down $46 trillion. How many zeros are there? Then look at that number. That's the number she wants for so-called reparations. So the conversation has to be had. Do we forget the Civil War where 600,000 people died? Do we forget, you know, Reconstruction and remaking the Union as one again? Do we forget that we moved on as a stronger Union after the Civil War? Do we forget the 13th, 14th, 15th Amendments? Do we forget the Civil Rights Movement in the 1960s? Do we forget the sacrifice of Martin Luther King Jr. and so on? We, we just pretend none of that happened and then give people who were never enslaved a bunch of money from people who never held slaves. And what about those who were descendants of slave owners who happened to be black? There were plenty of plantation owners that owned slaves that were black. The first slave owner in this country was black. What about them? Because of their shade of skin, their, their ancestry, and you can go take their lineage back to Africa, they get some too? So I'm not really sure how you make this happen other than people like Cori Bush keep on saying it has to happen. They never really give a good reason. They just say it has to happen. And I think she still believes that Americans are so meek, especially those of us who happen to be white, although I am beautifully olive. She thinks that we're going to like genuflect and say, oh my God, I'm so sorry that happened to you, to you and it didn't happen to her. Please take some of our money. Please take some of our stuff. Here's what she had to say. United States has a moral and legal obligation to provide reparations for the enslavement of Africans. Black people in our country cannot wait any longer for our government to begin a, a, addressing each and every one of the extraordinary bits of harm, all of the harm it has caused since the founding. She wants $14 trillion. $14 trillion. Now here's somebody who is living like a rich person. And she's making 160000 or whatever it is a year at the House of Representatives. I don't know why she's so rich. I don't know why she had $70,000 for private security. I have no idea. I mean, are you... We have a lot of stations in Missouri. Are you, are you people in Missouri giving her money for a campaign? Is she using the money the right way? Then you got this idiot in Florida 
happens to be a black guy, at some hearing somewhere, he decides to put a number on it how much he wants. All this nonsense, homelessness, and all this other garbage y'all talk about, police violence and all this stuff, don't nobody care about that. Don't nobody real care about that. We care about our reparations, and we have to put white people on notice that we want our reparations, that our foreparents and us, we didn't work for free and underpaid and all this nonsense, and the white folks get away with it, and they talk about the great city they're building. No, we want our reparations, $3 million per person. $3 million per person right here in this city. That's the only thing black people got to care about. All this other little nonsense y'all talk about, we do not care about. Don't care about homelessness. Don't care about police brutality. Don't care about a new city and making the city better. All we care about is we're putting white people on notice and we want $3 million each. Why again? Does he get $3 million each? And then, you know, when I ask a question like, well, what about those black people who are middle class or middle upper class or upper class or rich or crazy rich? What about them? Because they already have, then you could take some money from them and give $3 million per black person or give Cori Bush $14 trillion. I mean, how do you get to that number? How do you get to either $200 million in San Francisco or $3 million in Florida? This guy was in the Tampa area of Florida. Or $14 trillion for, for Cori Bush. How do you get to those numbers? And how do you balance out the fact that there are many very rich black people or upper class or middle upper class or middle class? I mean, they're not suffering. Are there black people disproportionately who are in poverty or in crime-riddled areas of cities? Sure. So let's, let's examine that. Because clearly, equal opportunity has worked for the people I mentioned before who have made it, who have a lot of money, who are successful, who are Cori Bush or Al Sharpton or Oprah or Michael Jordan or fill in the blank. Clearly, there is a path even for black people, even though they claim that there isn't. Not they. I mean, they, Cori Bush and this guy. There's even there's a path for everybody in this country if you utilize equal opportunity. How is Kamala Harris, who claims to be a black person, she's actually half Indian, like India Indian, and half Jamaican, but she somehow is African-American who deserves reparations too. I'm sure she would agree. How did she become the vice president if black people are facing oppression? Systemic oppression that stops them from succeeding like white people can. How is that possible that Ben Carson is the number one world-renowned neurologist on the planet? How did that happen? He's a black guy from Detroit. What the beep? How did that happen? With systemic racism, he should have been stopped in his tracks. How did it happen? If there's systemic racism, why are our major sports leagues, NFL, NBA, and to a percentage the MLB, not as much, why are they dominated by black players? Why is that allowed when systemic racism would normally stop them from being the majority in these leagues? from making millions of dollars. Why are they making so much money? They're black. Because maybe equal opportunity does work. Maybe meritocracy does work. And maybe the idea of reparations is a way to gain votes when you know it doesn't make any sense. Your thoughts about that? 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Stay here. This is the Joe Pags Show. 
You know, um, there were a lot of people who didn't happen to be black, didn't happen to be from Africa, who were indentured servants. You know what indentured servants were? Slaves. Look into the history of the Irish in this country. Look into the history of the Italians in this country. I mean, the idea that one party was aggrieved, therefore give us millions of dollars, doesn't make any sense. Especially when we know that it was an actual trade that was going on. It was an actual business for black people to sell black people. But you also have people who are indentured servants. That basically what that means is if you wanted to come from someplace in Europe or pick the place on the planet and go to, to the new world, to the United States, and you couldn't afford it, they, they gladly give you a ride. Come on. Come on, we'll take you over. And you can work it off. And what that meant is you would have to go to work for the person that sponsored you, and they would give whatever amount of money at the time it would have cost had you actually bought the ticket. And somehow, many of them never were able to pay off that money. Just kept on working for free. Working for free is slavery. That's what it is. We're not talking about them because they're not the right shade of skin. It doesn't make any sense. Not the right ancestry. It doesn't make any sense. Look into the millions of white slaves that used to be held in Northern Africa. Go ahead. Don't listen to me. Maybe I'm making it up. Go look it up. According to Thomas Sowell, he says there were more white slaves than we ever had black slaves in this country, but that doesn't matter because it's about division. It's about separating on how we look. And the evil white people are the evil white people. Everybody else is the aggrieved. Doesn't make any sense. I'll take your phone calls in, a, in just a minute here. A lot of people want to be heard on this. Got Judge Janine at the bottom of the hour, so make sure you stick around for that. Let me, in the meantime, tell you about Cozy Earth. Cozy Earth is amazing. It's bedding. It's towels. It's, it's um, loungewear. If you haven't stopped by the website yet and you haven't looked into saving a bunch of money on this incredible, the incredible stuff, the material itself is going to make you go, wow. It, it, it is silky smooth. It is made with uh, viscose. Have you ever heard of soft viscose? Look it up if you need to. But it is it is really luxury. Uh, luxury, it's luxurious. It comes from sustainable bamboo. So I can't even believe how they make it. But they're temperature regulating, so you sleep cool and comfy all year round. Cozy Earth even offers a 100-night sleep trial. Sleep on it, wash it, try it out. If you're not completely in love, send it back for a full refund. Best of all, my audience can save up to 35% on Cozy Earth. Go to CozyEarth.com. Right now, enter PAGS, P-A-G-S, at checkout. Save up to 35%. Again, check out their awesome loungewear bath towel collection, too. That's CozyEarth.com, CozyEarth.com. Promo code is PAGS, P-A-G-S. Looking at saving a bunch of money. You're going to love this stuff. You go to the phone lines. I appreciate you taking the time. It's going to be James in Texas. James, what's up? Hey, go. Just a couple little uh, facts that I want to throw in there when you start talking about uh, who gets money. Um, you know, Kamala Harris. Uh, if you look back in her history, her the white side of her family was slave owners. So how does that work? Yeah, there, was, there was a, there was a question about about what part her family played in the slave trade. I've heard that. I don't know that there was the white part of her family. It might have actually been her father's side, who who is Jamaican. So uh, yeah, I, well, I, I'm not sure what yeah, shade was, of skin they he's were. Actually, African. Yeah. He was from Africa. <laughs> so okay. that's uh, but but also Elon Musk is African American. He is. He is. Yep. Absolutely. James, I appreciate that. Thank you. Open line now. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. It's true. He is African-American, and you're not allowed to say that because he's very white. Brad, Pennsylvania, what's going on? Hi. Hey, 
Hey, Joe, how you doing? Listen, man, crew. these people have nothing but these excuses. They don't want to work. I came in this country for Pakistan back in uh, 1994, man, with nothing, okay? Week after I started to work, and I've been working all this time I've been working, man. Even with this economy, I'm not struggling. I know a lot of Indian people and Pakistani people, they're not struggling because they work every single day, okay? But these people, all they do is excuse, they smoke pot, they drink, and those are the things that they need to stop. And they need to get, you know, get their ass back out there, man, and work. Hey, listen, man, I, I hear you, and I, I could not agree more. I, I've been working my face off all my life, and I'm not going to stop because I want to provide for myself, my family, I want to have nice stuff. Um, and, and I'm not going to generalize that black Americans don't want to work, but the people that Cori Bush is talking about, the people that she's talking to, are the ones who are in a position to where the government has told them you can't do it yourself. They're the ones that have been told you need us to pay for your housing. Here's Section Section 8. They're the ones who have been told, you need us to give you money, here's welfare. They're the ones who were told, you need us to give you medical care, here's Obamacare. They're the ones that were told, we need you to give, we need to give you public uh, education, here's public education. Here's food stamps. And now they're completely reliant on the government, and they're living in less than what they could be living in. And instead of saying, hey, we're going to stop giving you all this free stuff, we're going to give you the incentive to go to work going to give you the incentive to feel better about yourself and we're going to actually give you an incentive to get that paycheck and then build your career and then go up the ladder and do what Brad did when he came in from Pakistan. We're going to do that or what Joe's ancestors did coming from Italy. We're going to do that, incentivize meritocracy, working hard, going nuts. I, look, I worked three, four, five jobs at a time. So did my dad. But there certainly, there is a block of people in this country that have been tricked. They've been fooled by central government, mainly white central government, although there are plenty of plantation owners today who are black, like Obama, like Cori Bush, like Al Sharpton. They'll keep you on the plantation if they can, because if you're reliant on them, they can control you, control your vote, control their power. That's what it's always been. That's what it's always been. Uh, Very quickly uh, for me, Stan, what's going on? Hi. How you doing, Joe? Uh, You know, uh, Sam's the best. So anyway, I'm calling because in the 90s, back in the 90s, I was a registered nurse. You know, I was a registered nurse my lifetime. And I worked with a a neurosurgeon, a pediatric neurosurgeon at Children's Hospital in Detroit, Dr. Alexa Kennedy. Mm -hmm. And she was the first black, you know, neurosurgeon. So, you know, she she made it and she was a Michigan grad and she was brilliant, Joe. This, this, This woman was brilliant. I think she retired in like 2001. But I worked with her, like, you know, right right with her, okay? And she was absolutely brilliant. So, you know, there's people who can make it and people who can't. And I don't know what her background was as far as her upbringing or anything, but she was she was brilliant, Joe. And she was the first, the first African-American, you know, female neurosurgeon. So in other words, in other words, she didn't need help from the government. Thank you, Stan. Didn't need help from the government. Didn't need somebody to tell her that she couldn't do it. She just went and did it. It's a story that sounds a lot like Ben Carson from Detroit as well. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Judge Janine when we come back. Stay here. Don't be an A-Dub. Stay with the Joe Pags Show.